Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today we're continuing our topic of parenting by playing back a recent recording of a Q&A that we did a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. a live Q&A. So hopefully you, you find these questions and answers helpful. Yeah, and if you think of a question that you might have for us, see if you can reach out to us, get a hold of us, and let us know what that question would be. We'd love to do a podcast on it and help answer some of those questions that you have. Great. Enjoy. Right. Enjoy. Yes. Hi. Uh, I actually have two questions. So first question. Uh, two books I'll... for this man. Oh, two bu- no, no, just one <laughs> no, book No, he only gets enough. one. He only gets one. None fair. Uh, right. I have 10 questions then. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> um, so first question. Out of all the things that you listed, what if we as parents, we don't even meet those, those goals? Great question. So, what, I mean, there are two ways we can approach this. We can tell the kids that, hey, I'm a, I'm a dad. Yeah. I'm not clean, but you need to be clean, right? But if I go with this approach, they're going to think that I'm a hypocrite, right? right? But uh, so on the other approach is, okay, if I'm going to teach them something, I expect them to do something that I have to do it myself. So, I mean, but I don't think I can do all of them. I can meet any. So if I don't meet those, those goals, does it mean I should not expect them to do the same? That, that, that's the first question. So the second question is, when you say honoring your parents, uh, any specific um, thing that you can, you can share, what does it mean to honor your parents? Okay. So let's do the first question first. Um, yeah, so the last slide that I put up there was you need to pray about these goals and you need to model these goals um, because it matters who, who the person is who is uh, expecting the things to happen. So you're right. If you tell your kids to be patient and you're not patient, then they're going to look at you and say, "This you're a hypocrite. Um, so there is a high bar that we just talked through. There are a lot of goals for our children. And I think maybe the first answer to this is we're not expecting perfection in the area of patience of um, prudence, of all of the virtues that I listed. We're not, we're not expecting perfection there, but we're equipping you with the ability um, to think that way and to act that way. And that's like a seed that's going to grow over time. So you, you've got to plant the seed and not expect it to be a mature tree, but I do think you have a responsibility to plant the seed, which does put the pressure on you. So, and I think that's a good and healthy pressure that you and, and I feel. So if you feel like, you know, I'm not uh, in a position where I should teach my kid this thing, well, good. I, I think in some ways, good. Let that pressure push you to become that person or to grow in a certain area. I think that's one thing that we signed up for when we made babies, right? We weren't thinking about all the uh, repercussions, but um, that is one of the consequences of having a baby, is we have now not just a baby, but a responsibility. And one of the responsibilities that might not be uh, appreciated outside of the church is the responsibility of modeling and being the kind of person that you want your kids uh, to be. So I say 
if you feel hypocritical, good, let the pressure push you in a good direction and stay a few steps ahead of them. And so I don't think you need to go and master 100% on the list before you start at level one. Pick one category and get a few weeks ahead of them in each category. And when you're done with that one, move to the next. So you're always staying one step ahead of the hounds. Well, yeah, and, and parenting is so, so, so sanctifying. So many times when I'm parenting or they'll point out my imperfections, well, mom, you didn't whatever, and it's like, oh, you're right. And I'll say, and that was sinful, and that was wrong. And you know what? I, I asked God to forgive me, and I did come and I asked you to forgive me. And Modeling so, confession and forgiveness. And I, I try to model to it because they'll point it out if you make the mistake, if you're requiring something and you, you, you know, have self-control, don't lose your temper, and then you lose your temper. They're going to be like, okay. So, but I like, I like that, like you're saying, because it drives me to dive, dive into God's word and to pray and to ask God to grow me to be more like his son, Jesus. And I, I'm not... We talk about we're not perfect. Your dad and I are not perfect. We're not expecting you to be perfect, but we are expecting you to be more and more like Jesus, just like we expect that of ourselves. And so I think I want to see my children grow in these areas, and I want to see myself grow. And if I don't have any, some of these things, and if I've neglected them, or if I am bad at them, or if I've just been like, oh, that's not a big deal, it's going to come out as I parent those weaknesses, and that's going to give me a direction. I've, I've ended up with a lot of directions of focus in my own spiritual life because of my parenting, because of a situation or multiple situations where I think, I got to work on that. That's not where I want, that's not how I want to be because that's not what God wants me to be like. And so I'll work towards that. So I think it's, it's a helpful tool. Just like when you get married, that's really sanctifying because they're right there for seeing all your sin. Well, you have kids, and then they're doing the things you do that are sinful, and you think, that's really sanctifying. I need to grow to be more like Christ as a result. And I think and it's good to enter into the, the parenting situation and not be the, I got this guy. You know, like, I got this all figured out. Just do whatever I do, say whatever I say. So let's not enter with an overestimation of our ability <laughs> Uh, and a pride of sorts, but I think, you know, recognizing our faults is helpful to have the right posture in parenting. Okay, so then the second question. Um, Honoring. Yeah, what does it look like to honor parents? Um, Respect, tone, the way you talk about your parents, the way you talk to us. That's what we end up talking about. The way you talk about us, the way you talk to us. Your, po- your general posture. That's yep. part of it. Yep. And then I think it's good to, it's, I think, pretty universal that it's a demonstration of honor to ask a question, you know, f- seek help or, um, like, ask for opinion or advice. So if we can help our kids to learn how to ask for advice and, and go to us for help, that's, an, that's a gesture of honor that I think we can show to our parents. Um, but it does kind of depend on who the parents are and who the kids are for that transaction of honor. So I don't think there's one answer 
for this is how you always show honor. I think it's a case-by-case, person-by-person. And so if we have taught our kids how to be empathetic and selfless and thoughtful and ask good questions, then I think they have some of the tools to show honor. So I had a question. Um, Basically, we have three toddlers, and I wanted to understand, number one, just some ideas for good discipline and consequences, but also uh, how it impacts the siblings. And sometimes it just becomes like a whole family consequence, or all of a sudden we can't do something, go somewhere. And um, just more just general ideas on what kind of I should work on as like the priority, because of course, millions of those things those toddlers need to learn, the the self-control, like but where do I even start? Because I, I got to focus on something, right? Yeah. And then a good consequence that had the two twin boys. If I take away a toy, it's his toy too, that, all of that. Right. Um, and then I think you just touched on it, but if you wanted to elaborate more on like when it's our turn to apologize because we you know, lost self-control or our anger and how we do that with a, a young toddler, three and four years old. So with some discipline, you. Um... Bethany will defer till I get home, you know, or, or I will With pop boys. up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's good. But I think starting place is we're, we're on the same page. And so uh, whether she disciplines them or I discipline them, we're, we're a family unit. We're a team. There's a unified front here. So our kids know that. They can't get around the discipline by going to her or going to me. And... Sometimes, especially when it's like mounting and it's getting worse and worse and worse, Bethany will say, all right, when dad gets home, then there's going to be discipline. Harder for toddlers should be, you know, soon. Yeah, because they can't make the connection. But that, there's a couple of things. One, unity. Two, maybe delay. Um, and then why don't you talk about some specific um, consequences for toddlers that you've done? Can I say spank them? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you should. Uh, I mean, we, so we do spank our kids because um, the Bible in Proverbs says a lot about the rod of correction. And I know it can be done poorly, but I do think it's a good consequence, especially for a toddler, because it is painful and it is quick and it is over. Um, I think something, I mean, we were both spanked well, so we had good examples by both of our parents, but not everyone does. Something with that is, you know, we, we use a, that's not a stick, what is it? A wooden, a wooden spoon. spoon. I'm like, the thing with the, you know, which is really funny when you pull it out to make spaghetti. They're like, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is, has two purposes, you guys. Sorry, the other one's in the bathroom. But so what we do is we, like, we, go, we go to the bathroom. We're getting real specific. We go to the bathroom for o- obedience issues, or attitude issues. I mean, sometimes a timeout or just separation because it's like everything's so hot. It just needs to cool down. Even mommy's so hot, you know. We're just like worked up. But we say, this is what you did. You disobeyed. And we, we do give them a spanking on the bottom, um, which we call it a shabet because that's the Hebrew word for rod, so that's kind of a funny thing we do, but you, people will hear me say that, and then they're like, why? Um, and then we make sure there's reconciliation afterwards, which is super, super huge. I think people that were spanked poorly, 
uh, maybe didn't have reconciliation or it was done out of anger. So sometimes it takes me a while if I am upset or angry before I go in there. I'll make them wait because I want to get my heart right. But I'll spank them and then I, I, they have to hug me <laughs> before we're done with the discipline. And um, there was one kid of ours, I won't name any names, who would sometimes wait 45 minutes to hug. So would prolong the discipline uh, or get a second discipline and then a third because refuse to reconcile. I won't. I'm mad at you. You're mean. I don't like you. I mean, would say harmful things even at three and four and five. And um, I'm like, I'm coming back because we need to reconcile. We and you and I need to be okay. We're, I'm not mad. We're through the discipline. You've had the consequence and now let's go out. And I think that sometimes if we skip that step, they left their huffing and puffing and mad or whatever, or we could be. And so that's really important step that we do. We do timeouts. We do, we remove things that are important. That's harder maybe if you have a twin. Ooh. And it's like his favorite teddy bear too. And everyone's, you know, mad about the, t I don't know. That's I, trickier. I think there's a positive side to that. Um, yes. It does stink. But that, I, I think the lesson they learned from that is it stinks when one of us sins. Sin creates consequences yeah. that not only affect me, but they also affect my brother. And our kids learn a lot by watching the other kid get disciplined. Not literally watching, like standing in the doorway of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. But um, by hearing through the, the door, yeah. you know, a kid crying or um, whatever, they, you know, when they send them to the bathroom, they're now envisioning their own experience in the bathroom. And so there are instances where our kids are learning from their other kids' mistakes. So yes, it's a bummer because the toy's gone, but maybe that's not such a bummer after all because the toy's gone because one of you made a mistake and um, it affected someone else. So I think that's a helpful lesson. As they're yep. getting older, we're, it's more like... <laughs> This, this sounds maybe, but Mark and I will talk about what would really, what would really sting in the same way a spanking would for the 10-year-old. We're not, we're not spanking her anymore, but what would hurt in the sense would be like, ooh, that's a bummer. Like, oh, she doesn't get dessert or she doesn't get to go to that thing or, you know, but, so it does change as they get older, but I, I do think the quick kind of spanking, the removal of the things, the separation some of our kids just really even hate to be physically separated from us. And so that's a consequence. You, you may not be with me. You have to be in your own room. Other kids are like, well, I'll just read a book. It's fine, you know? And it's like, well, that's not a good consequence then. So some of it is that trial error for sure where you think that didn't really work because they seemed yeah. like no big deal. Yeah. And then sometimes we'll be like, you know, what do you think your consequence should be? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just interesting intel, hearing their answer to that. Yes. It's also interesting if you were to say, do you want this or this as a consequence? And when there's like a quick, oh, you know, like send me to my room. It's like for future reference, I'm not going to send room. that person to their room. <laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not painful. Yeah. Okay. So we're running short on time. Do we have time for another question? Or one more real quick. We have multiple <laughs> questions still to go. Should we just go till nine? Yeah. yeah, it's summer. We got to be courteous to our kids, men, folks, but we'll do oh, one yeah. more. All right, really? mine's quick. It's uh, discipline. 
when do you know you are pushing it too far? Like, you give them a warning, and then it's another warning, and then it's like, okay, should I give you a discipline now? Should we talk about this? Um, it's, we have a seven and an eight-year-old, so sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one warning is really gracious. So I would say give them a warning and make sure they know if you do that again, there's going to be a consequence. And as soon as you go there, you've got to deliver. Because if you make an empty threat, they're going to run with that. So, and I mean, we see empty threats all the time, right? Where the kid knows, I can keep doing this and you're not actually going to discipline me. So I don't want my kids to think that way. I want them to know if they got a warning, that means, and if I said, if you do this again, there's going to be a consequence, I've got to deliver on that. So I think one warning is gracious, and then you deliver. Now the question is, how many times do you continue to give discipline for that same thing? And how many times is it going to take for them to learn? But the point of discipline is to associate a bad decision with an unpleasant consequence. So at some point, they need to stop the bad decision in order to stop the bad consequences from coming. I think that's good. Okay. Um, I think we need to wrap up. Yep. Let's do okay. it. Oh, can I say one thing? Yep. As a result yes. of your teaching? Okay. It's like going back to that. But being a list person, hearing the list could, could maybe feel overwhelming if you're like me because you want to be able, like you want to put boxes at the end and then you want to check them off. Um, and I, I think that we, as in our parenting, we talk about these goals a lot and adjust our goals per child and per year and per what's going on. But something just to keep in mind one thing that you do could overlap with like six different things. I was telling Mark that today. You know, you see the list and it seems like, whoa. But let me just share one thing that maybe you don't even realize you could be doing that you, and it's overlapping. So we have our kids taking piano lessons, whatever. You don't have to do that. But it's overlapping. It's teaching them discipline. I was just sitting there for a second. Why do I have them doing piano? Well, I like music. So does he. But that's not why. It's discipline. We've had so many obedience trainings. I had a kid cry for almost three months every time I told them to practice. Solid. Cry. Tears. And I'm like, you have to obey. You have to go sit at the piano. I'm in charge. You have to obey me. It doesn't cry anymore, but obedience and self-control, learning how to control, honoring me when I ask, doing it the right way, teaching responsibility. Now we're starting to do independence. Now one, the oldest one is starting to teach the younger one. So I'm saying this is one thing, piano, and how many things it's overlapping. And you could look at chores in the same way. You could look at church in the same way. You could look at your nightly devotions about it could overlap on 15 different things you don't even realize because you're not letting them interrupt. You're having them ask a question. Listen to what your sibling just said. So I think it could feel overwhelming, but so many of the things you already do, you maybe would be surprised if you took it and you were like, wow, that is hitting so many of the targets in one. And so maybe the way to think about that is there's one task that's hitting six goals. So... If, we were ta- if, if I presented tonight a task-oriented approach to parenting, I would have given you a list. 
put your kids in piano, send them to church, do this, do this, do this. I didn't give you a task list. I gave you a list of the goals. There's a hundred different ways to achieve those goals. There's a hundred different routes to take to get there. And each person maybe needs to take a different route. But I think what Bethany just shared is a really good way to end it because there's one task, piano, that's hitting six goals or more. So come up with good tasks for your kids that are aiming at these goals. Now, non-Christians, other parents, they may have a different set of goals. Maybe their list is shorter, (laughs) mercifully. But these are important goals. Let's figure out ways to hit these. It doesn't have to all be in one summer. They don't have to reach mastery level, but let's teach our kids these things, okay? 